And we are live. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everybody. This is Talk with the Docs. This is Dr. Matt and Dr. Anna. And today we are going to be talking about hormone replacement therapies and how they can work for your benefit for anti-aging and rejuvenation. Hi, Dr. Anna. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, Everything is going really well in this rainy Washington day. Well, that's, you know, some, those are some of my favorite days. I, I don't know why, but I used to love that when I lived there. Sometimes it can be peaceful, but uh, yeah, too many days of that, it can get you down a little bit. <laughs> so everybody... Well, it's a good day to talk about, you know, rejuvenation yes. and anti-aging. I think that's a wonderful topic. I and, do too. Um, I think that the area of hormone replacement is really an interesting one because there's many different things to consider. Mm-hmm. There's lots uh, to consider. Yes, and I think, you know, there's, there is also, um, I think, the consideration for intent. I don't know if right. you had seen, um, there were studies coming out of the United Kingdom that uh, actually beetles who were mating daily had a shorter lifespan. And yes. the studies showed that nuns uh, who uh, did not engage in sexual activity lived longer. Yeah, I did so see that study. obviously hormone replacement when we're talking about estrogen, testosterone, and uh, uh, progesterone, those things, those are, uh, you know, some people in, in regards to their intent is to extend the usefulness of um, uh, their beingness as well as their um, sexual health. Right. And I think that it's it's really uh, an interesting topic in the sense of anti-aging. Oh, I think it is too. Uh, you know, so I, uh, you know, definitely hormone replacement, for example, in postmenopausal women, you know, um, you know, being able to replace with bioidentical hormones. Uh, one of the, the studies, um, women's health study that showed, you know, increased risk of breast cancer, that was done with synthetic hormones. Mm-hmm. And there's a difference because actually women have three different estrogens. Yes, they do. And a lot of those, the hormones of the synthetics, they don't cover those, correct? Isn't that right? Uh, so they, they go more towards estradiol, which is more yeah. cancer-provoking, but estrone and estriol yeah. are actually protective. Yeah. And so when we're replacing with bioidentical hormones, uh, particularly with estrogens, uh, you know, we, we have to uh, give um, higher doses of those protective ones. Yeah, I, and I, I agree. And, and also, you know, Dr. Anna, so, so our, our listeners can clarify the the most prescribed estrogen out there are birth control and everybody needs to understand that that is a synthetic form of of estrogen and doctor and do you want to explain that a little bit uh well i think that the main thing is that um you know the synthetic hormones um they act in the body you know any hormone is kind of like a key in a lock mm-hmm. and um when we deal with synthetic hormones the, the the key doesn't quite fit in the lock. Right. Uh, right. And uh, and then you know with the bioidentical, the idea would be that that the match would be better. Right. 
But what's really important is that hyperestrogen states, particularly estradiol, in men and women mm-hmm. can uh, increase the risk of cancer. Right. Do you- so we want to really go, you know, do this safely and wisely and never just do estrogen, but also use the balance of a little bit of progesterone. And in females, when their testosterone levels are low, they have muscle loss. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and so helping with that. So it's a, it's a fuller picture. And I think that being able to see that full picture, I have some women who cannot tolerate even bioidentical hormone, and that's all right. And right. Uh, so it's very individualized. I, I think it's great how you brought up the Beatles at first because I, I think everybody you know out there I, I know a lot of patients I've dealt with over the years uh, men in particular but but some women they worry so much about the the changing of of aging and you know they they're, they're like doc you know I'm, I'm losing my libido I I'm just not as interested anymore and you know I'll, I would always just look at them and go now, now, why is this such a bad thing? You know, this is, uh, and, and I, you know, everybody out there, I'm going to just come from my perspective. I'm very happy when my, I was very happy when my libido started to go down because I had more energy for other things. So for instance, thought processes to read some books, you know, that useful side of the libido, I, I think is a great experience, but there's so many other things to experience in life. And health is your greatest asset because when you lose your health, I mean, Dr. Anna, we both know this, everything in your life stops. And, you know, I, I love how you're, you're talking about, you know, because women don't even understand, I think, a lot, you know, in lay terms, they don't understand how the balance of, you know, estrogens, and, and I say estrogens because, as Dr. Anna said, there are, there are different kinds, ladies. And then you have your progesterone and, yes, testosterone. You, you have to have a balance of it. And Dr. Anna, are you seeing a lot of uh, post or premenopausal women who have lost a considerable amount of muscle mass due to the lack of testosterone? Uh, postmenopausal mainly, yeah. uh, yes. And obviously that's not the only factor, but it, it could be one factor. Right. And so, um, you know, addressing that is, uh, is important if that's what the women want, you know? I mean, right. sometimes talking about, you know, if we're just talking about the basics of things, you know, like vaginal dryness can be extremely uncomfortable, you know? If we're able mm-hmm. to do something there topically with estrogens, then by golly, why wouldn't we improve quality of life? Yeah. But, you know, in terms of anti-aging, you know, there is a lot in the in this anti-aging community about, you know, aesthetics and, you know, uh, changing your outward appearance, making sure that you're even in older age still performing like a young person. But there's an actual oxymoron in in a sense. (laughs) Yeah, I think so too. Internal health. Yeah. And that will express outwardly. Yes. uh, you know, but 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 you cannot try to you know continue to act like a twenty year old when you're in in um, you know in in older age. It, it's gonna it's gonna cause problems for the body. Absolutely, and and I have seen that. You know, and, and on the other side of it, I, I get asked weekly about TRT uh, therapy, and that's testosterone replacement therapy. 
<clears throat> for those of you that don't understand it. And uh, I am always very apprehensive to recommend that men start to, <clears throat> you know, just go in and get, you know, testosterone because there's so many other things they have to worry about. And like you said, we we age and we go through thir- certain stages for reasons. And that wisdom is super important, I believe. But also your body isn't designed to have the libido of a 20-year-old when you're in your 60s, guys. You know, it just, it just, and like you said, you know, you give up some health things. And um, so I, you know, what I love to tell my men out there is it may not just be the testosterone. It could be other factors. And there are other things that we can do besides just replacing testosterone or giving you a testosterone symphonate, for instance. There are a lot of things that happen. And then on the other side of it, People don't understand when you do take bio, even bioidentical hormones, anything synthetic also, that it does leach basic nutrients. So if you're on these these hormones for long periods of time, you better really make sure your nutrients are up. Yes, and uh, you know, the other thing that's really fascinating, and uh, I can't say that I've figured it out yet, but did you know our thymus gland, uh, and when we are children up to teenagers, is fully functional and it's like an endocrine gland it can make all of these hormones including growth hormone and insulin and it regulates our immune system and you know when it starts to not function anymore is when the sexual hormones start producing yeah from that moment on the human organism starts aging Mm -hmm. isn't that very interesting yes so you know they, it's been it's been thought about in the anti-aging uh, community by some research that you know the thymus gland could be you know this biological clock or related to that biological clock and some right. you know talk about thymus gland rejuvenation but if there is that inhibition um, you know so that's something to consider so for yeah. example when I have very symptomatic men. You know, the normal testosterone level in a 20-year-old uh, male is about 1,000. Mm-hmm. By the time they're 50, it's half that much, around 500. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they say you're, 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 you're half the man in 25 years. But, but do you have to, when you're replacing, go all the way back up to 1,000? Or can right. you get where... Uh, you know, the muscle aches go away and, you know, the strength is a little bit improved and, you know, the, the, the levels, you know, you're, you're able to be somewhere in the mid-range but you're feeling comfortable. I think that sometimes that, that's also an approach to consider where does the individual feel well enough with the lowest um, you know, possible replacement dose. Yeah, I, I think this is a great segue here. Um, you know, I was a medical student in my 20s, and I remember the first time we did a free testosterone, and I, and I, I wanted to do this in, in medical school. And um, mine was in the 200s. And I remember everyone going, oh, my God, yours are in the 200s. And, and you know, I mean, medically, I looked at that and go, oh, my God, I'm really on the low end. I mean, how how... But at the same time, I was an athlete. I had lots of muscle mass. I was strong. I was fast. I, I didn't you know, even think that I was testosterone deficient. I had a libido. And I started to look at that and get an idea of those ranges. I do believe they're different for everybody. And your body is so unique that, you know, for me, a, 
the blood level of 200 was just right for me at that time. And what's interesting for me is, is I think that when I was in my 30s, I had another one done and it was actually more in, in the 500s and everyone's going, well, you, you know, you had a, bla- a bad blood test or whatever. That could have been a possibility. But at the same time, I, I do think that, I mean, and we, we both know DHT comes in there and, you know, as you age, you know, men, we, we start to make more the concentrated form of testosterone, which is DHT. If you guys have questions about that, we'll talk about that later. But I, I do believe that everyone needs to be a little bit gracious with their bodies. And and everybody's unique and different. And and I love, Anna, how you said that, you know, you're going to be half the man. That's not necessarily a bad thing, guys, you know, out there. <laughs> That's, that, that could be a really good thing, you know, for a lot of men out there. And, and I, I really believe that allowing these, these beautiful adapt, uh, adaptions or this evolution in, in your person to not be so hormone driven. And I, and I love how you said that, okay, what if, what if all these hormones we're giving people is actually speeding up your age? And we worry so much about it. Now, I love that you and I are into peptides. Yeah. And there are so many cool things that we could do with peptides that a lot of the community, the medical community and, and the patients out there, people in general, don't understand that the peptides can elicit a wonderful increase in some hormones if, you know, if you need that. Do you want to talk about that a little bit, Dr. Anna? Well, so in regards to things like the, the testosterone, you know, you have peptides like, like Kisceptin that mm-hmm. can increase your own testosterone production. Um, I think that there are, there are uh, you know, other peptides um, that that work uh, wonderful in terms of the anti-aging yeah. um, component. Um, and uh, just uh, real quick, Dr. Matt, I do think that the thyroid is super important. Super important. To- yeah. Because, you know, so many people have the chronic fatigue, the, you know, the muscle aches, uh, overweight, Uh, they look at their regular thyroid blood test, and let's say there's this marker, it's called thyroid stimulating hormone TSH, and and the regular doctor says, well, that's in a good range, but the patient has all of the symptoms. Yeah, uh, this is very true. Yeah. And so, you know, this whole idea about endocrine disruption that, you know, there's something called type 2 hypothyroidism, just like diabetes, the hormone doesn't work quite right or there's a resistance to the hormone, even though your blood levels are fine, but you do mm-hmm. have the symptoms. And there's some, yeah. some doctors who talk about that. And I think that that uh, is, is really, really um kind of underlooked at the importance because thyroid hormone is so related to Mm anti-aging because uh, of the four thyroid hormones that we have, they regulate your mitochondrial density in the cells and the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. If you don't have energy, you know, it's hard to feel younger. Totally. No, I agree with this. This is is a wonderful segue and I think we're giving... The listeners some really wonderful uh, education here about a balance and yeah I look at thyroid uh, the same way I think that you do I I you know I look at the patient's energy levels and just because you have uh, you know a good thyroid stimulating hormone level in the blood does not mean like you said you're actually utilizing that and 
you gave that wonderful picture of the key and the lock. So if you are resistant to your own hormones, that key and lock aren't fitting, even though it's yours. And, you know, I don't know, Dr. Anna, how you feel about this, but iodine, I feel, is so important. And it's such a, a missed micronutrient. And Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, there's many um, thyroid issues with, you know, swelling of the thyroid, we call it goiter, right. you know, that's really related to uh, iodine deficiency. But if you look at the immune system needs iodine, it's a fantastic yeah. antiseptic. It's, yes. You know, and, and we, we have difficulty getting it from our nutrition. So I absolutely recommend the supplementation of it. Yeah, me Because too. one of the first things in terms of, you know, if, for example, your thyroid isn't working right, are you getting the nutrients to make it work yes. right? <laughs> That's so true right there. Yeah, and, and everybody, we had, Dr. Ann and I had a really great podcast about micronutrients and nutrients in general and how that is your, your base. So if you're not covering those nutrients, you, you're missing out, your body's missing out, and it's difficult for systems to run properly. And iodine is the specific nutrient for the thyroid. And it also helps with detoxification from different things. And I have, I have this suspicion. I have it like, you know, like we said, I haven't been able to really get in there and prove it. But I have a suspicion that if, you're, if you are fluoride toxic, you're bromine toxic and chlorine toxic, that it does have an effect with your thyroid hormone as well. And so iodine is the only thing that can help you detoxify from those things, everybody. So get your iodine in. There's a reason why I think worldwide we used to put it in table salt. And uh, unfortunately, it wasn't a great source of iodine. <laughs> you couldn't really absorb it. But our, even our governments looked at it and say, okay, we need to start putting this in something everybody uses because everyone's deficient. And uh, that was table salt. And so that's why we had iodized table salt. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, so, so uh, definitely, you know, uh, thyroid is, is important. And again, you know, there's a difference between synthetic hormone, which are mainly T4, mm-hmm. and natural bioidentical hormones, which are your nature thyroid, armor thyroid, which um, have a more biological uh, form. They actually have four thyroid hormone, T1, T2, T3, and T4. Mm-hmm. So out of your T4, you still have to make the active form of thyroid, T3, and some people instead of making the active form, they make too much reverse T3, which is inactive. Right. And you have to look at that ratio because um, if, if you make hormone that doesn't work, then you can still have symptoms of, um, of fatigue and brain fog and, you know, even ache, joint aches and constipation and all of these things. Right. So, how, how often are you seeing thyroid issues in your practice? I see a tremendous amount, yeah. uh, you know, because the idea is also that you need to look. Uh, uh, but in my practice, um, you know, again, when we have things like environmental, heavy metal burdens, when we have right. all of the diseases of aging, you have to look at all of, like, um, you know, the building blocks. So I look at everybody in mm-hmm. terms of nutritional status, and then the next thing is their hormone status, including particularly a thyroid, their DHEA, and then the other hormones that we discussed, mm-hmm. see what we can optimize. 
Right. Are are you seeing a, a younger generation having these issues more so than in the past? I think, you know, we, we have um, more uh, kids with obesity, with chronic fatigue. I mean, we have, we have the, you know, Lyme epidemic. Uh, yeah. We have mold toxicity. There's so much going on, right. you know, and uh, it's, it's, it's hard to get a, a view of the general population because obviously different people are drawn to different practices. Right, exactly. So, um, I, I mean, many people who, who come to me, they're, they're in general reasonably sick or they are really interested in the anti-aging world mm-hmm. uh, and are already advancing in age. Yeah, right. Do, do you think it's wise for our young generations to start looking at anti-aging early? Uh, absolutely, because, you know, physiologically, if you um, want to age-reverse someone, if you start uh, from the perspective of a cell, when your cell is still working really w- well and you continue to optimize it and slow down that process, mm-hmm. then with each decade that you age, you age slower. Right. Um, you know, it's been shown that you can age reverse people at any age, but obviously, you know, somebody who's really, really ill and very old would have a much harder way to rehabilitate them to uh, true functionality than somebody who has taken very good care of themselves uh, throughout their life and uh, has continued to work on anti-aging. So. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, uh, I, I would start as early as you can. Yeah, I, I agree. That's what I tell all of my patients. Um, I said, you, you can never start too early taking care of yourself well. And those habits turn into to more wisdom as you get older. I know it's, it's taken me, realistically, 10 years to figure out how my body runs nutritionally, what kind of exercise really is better for me. Uh, how much sleep I need to get, and constantly what my body runs at uh, metabolically wise, and you know, and that's you know, and everybody I have a, a medical background, and it's taken me that long just to put some pieces together. One thing that I did that that was probably not wise is I kind of just did the you know trial and error rather than you know using some of my colleagues or peers to help me out a little bit and. So everyone, we can really streamline this for you. Dr. Anna can streamline this for you and and really give you some great education on how you can utilize a lot of different techniques to help. And like Dr. Anna said, you can't start too early. I I truly believe that. And how how much are you seeing, Dr. Anna, how much are you seeing the heavy metals play an issue in in everybody's uh, rapid aging? a lot and and see the thing is for example now we're talking a lot more about leaky gut oh yeah and how that is affecting um you know the body and maybe causing actually obesity and Mm -hmm. and uh chronic inflammation in the body and brain fog well you know the heavy metals are affecting the gut microbiome very much yeah it's been clearly shown that once the gut microbiome is altered, for example, through, uh, you know, a high um, heavy metal burden, that can be um, 
genetically transmitted. So the next generation will already be born and have a defective gut microbiome. Right. Isn't that crazy how that's not even out there as far as... Uh, you know, news goes. You, th- you think that would be a headline story on, on the media because of, of how much, the, you know, how many people are heavy metal toxic? Yes, yes, absolutely. So, so uh, there's, um, and it's not toxicity, so we, we call it the total body burden that accumulates over time because right. the toxicity will be, you know, somebody has a giant exposure at once and, right. and they're very, very ill. So that's not what we're talking about. It's just, the cumulative, um, uh, several different uh, heavy metals that are accumulating and then, you know, affecting your DNA transcription, affecting the healthy uh, gut flora, and through that then creating this inflammation that's causing the aging process um, that then is causing all of chronic diseases of aging. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, there's, you know, everything is interconnected, and and um, uh, I, I think I've said that in in previous podcasts. It's like right. if you want to anti-age someone, I don't start with the peptides. I start with nutrition. Oh, absolutely. Then I start yep. with looking at detoxification, and then you know we've we've kind of optimized things, and now we can give the body a signal with these peptides and make it worthwhile and make it, you know, really work well. At mm. least that's been my approach in, in, in terms of how to um, start with uh, helping people in terms of this whole anti-aging or, and disease reversal process. I, I think that's the only way to do it. And, but I, I do find in the general public that it, there, there is a lot of resistance to, to basic nutrients for some reason. And, um, for instance, you know, I, I I know this this friend of mine's not going to mind me talking about him, but he's uh, he's in his fifties, uh, he's a physician, and you know, energy has been low for ten years, and um, you know, wanted me to help him with a little bit of TRT, and I I just said, you know, I don't think that's your issue, and he goes, well, what do you think my issue is? And I said, well. I think you're you're very micronutrient depleted. I don't I don't think you're quite getting the nutrients in. He said, "Oh, I think I get plenty of nutrients." And so we started to break down his diet. And by by the end of our conversation, a thirty minute conversation, he looked at me and goes, "Oh my God, I am so micronutrient deficient." And we both just kind of we had a good chuckle about it because I I think that the average person out there truly believes that by eating they're they're getting enough. And so this this gentleman's diet was coffee in the morning. He had uh, some fruit and a little bit of grains uh, afterwards, and then he usually skipped lunch and then had dinner. And I'm sorry, everybody out there, but most of us that there is not enough nutrition there. So supplementation, you know, became a necessity. And now his energy is great. We didn't have to do any hormone replacement at all. It was just really bringing up those micronutrients. So everyone listen to Dr. Anna. This is really important for everyone to understand. And and if you haven't heard that podcast that we did on, on nu- nutrition, micronutrients, please look it up. It's, it's out there. We put it on Facebook. It's on Dr. Anna's website. And uh, y- you can really get some great education there. Uh, Dr. Anna, I have a question. Yeah. When, when you're treating patients in anti-aging and you know, you're doing a basic workup for them, what is, what is a common denominator you're seeing with, with everyone who's having an aging difficulty? 
um, you know, a, a certain nutrient deficiency. So we talk a bit. Uh, I mean, I still see very common that the vitamin D level is low. Mm-hmm. I, uh, uh, I see the C-reactive protein, the marker for inflammation is up. Mm-hmm. So we know that we have things to, you know, address. Uh, then, you know, in terms of hormones, frequently thyroid issues, you know, DHEA is low. DHEA is a precursor uh, hormone that's that's used uh, by the body to make testosterone, estrogen, and progesterone. And if you don't have the precursor, you can't make the end product. Right. <laughs> I think that's the truth right there. Everyone listen to that. This is so true. So, uh, so those kinds of things are, are common. And then obviously, you know, when people already have manifested, I look at glucose intolerance. Mm-hmm. So when the blood sugar is rising, uh, that drives inflammation. And it's been shown that fasting blood sugars greater than 85 are already increasing cardiovascular risk by 40%. Right, right. And so bringing down the sugars, uh, you know, resolving insulin resistance mm-hmm. and, and looking at the causes for that uh, is very, very important. And it has to be done straight away because otherwise you can't downregulate inflammation. Right. So I think uh, those kinds of things are, are very, very important. Mm-hmm. And then in regards to the peptides, I think it is absolutely fascinating field, you know, and we now have so many possibilities uh, that we can utilize, you know, from um, the anti-aging purpose. I mean, you introduced me, um, you introduced me to BPC. Do you remember that? I, I do remember that. Yeah, that was that was pretty cool. Yes, and, and you know, from there, um, there are, so there's 7,000 peptides known, mm-hmm. and uh, there's over 60 that are FDA approved. Mm-hmm. And the wonderful thing with these peptides is that there are, there are, again, this key in a lock, so they can access a certain aspect of cell function, very specifically without causing a lot of side effects. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, for, for anti-aging purposes, for example, you know, the uh, epithalon has been known now for 30 years. It was first developed in Russia, mm-hmm. and it lengthens your telomeres. Yeah, it, uh, it's pretty pretty wonderful peptide. I, I hope everyone wrote that down. You know, listen to Dr. Anna, epithalon. It's a wonderful ab- peptide. Absolutely wonderful peptide. So in the original Russian studies, they gave epithalon... Uh, to 90-year-olds, mm-hmm. and uh, they gave them a shot for five days every six months in the first two years, mm-hmm. and then uh, repeated that once a year, and they followed them for 12 years. And in the combination, so they, they used this other thymus peptide, thymoline as well. Right. So what happened was that the, the group that got epithalon, after four weeks, their functional age, their ability to walk and to you know, move around, was reversed by four years. That's so cool. And then the, mor- <laughs> the mortality rate after 12 years, and these were 90-year-olds when they started, mm-hmm. was reduced by 50% in the group that got epithalon. Mm-hmm. I hope everybody listened to that part. This this is such a cool field of medicine that's just opening up, especially in the U.S. So, I, I mean, how incredible is that? It, it is, to me, it's very fascinating. It is 
training and you know the epithalon has been shown to potentially uh, reverse the function of the pancreas so when we have insulin right. resistance or diabetes it may help with that it improves cognitive function it's the feel-good peptide because yeah. people just uh, you know, uh, have this sense of well-being. There's an increase in melatonin secretion, so people sleep better. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just it, it's it's so lovely. Yeah, I you think know, so to too. have something like that. Yeah, yeah, I I think so too. And and you know, like we said, the the side effects are really, I mean, marginal. There there really isn't anything. You know, the research I've read was very little side effect that anyone had to worry about. And that's always a great thing. Yeah, it's always yeah, a good thing. Yeah, I've never thing. seen a side effect with epithalo. Yeah, uh, yeah, me either. Yeah. Fabulous. So I, I have a, I have another question. This is this is something I was thinking about the other day, and you know I brought up my testosterone uh, levels when I was in my twenties, and I think I was I want to say I was twenty three or twenty four when I when I did that uh, CBC differentials, and then you know free and total testosterone, and. Uh, I was very depressed at this time in my life. You know, I uh, I didn't have a great relationship with my family. I was in school going crazy. I wasn't even sure if that's the career choice I wanted. Um, you know, I was... Uh, the only thing that I loved at that time in my life was exercise. And I think now I know why. It was because of the endorphins that I got. Um, but do you think depression, stress, anxiety, uh, they have a, an effect on our, our, our hormone levels, anything in, in systematic approach? Yes. And you know, you know, we talked about it in one of the other podcasts, yeah. that, you know, it's, it's vice versa. So one is that your hormone levels can affect your brain. Right. But then on the other hand, that depression can also, uh, you know, kind of downregulate things. So, so it's um, you can when people are depressed, it may not necessarily be that your happy hormone is is off. Mm-hmm. But again, you can be nutrient deficient. You can have you know problems with your overall hormone levels. Your thyroid may be off. There may mm-hmm. be toxicity issues. So there can be multiple things that may right. be affecting. So how how would you think a blue room visit at my twenty four year old twenty three year old self would have helped me to help regulate some of those hormonal issues? I mean, this is all theory, of course. <laughs> um, I, I mean, you know, one of the main thing I'm not sure directly, you know, how I would be able to yeah. tell you that it would affect the hormone levels. But right. one of the things that people are experiencing is just a mood upliftment, right? Right. And so, you know, physiologically, we know that that immediately affects the body. You know, yeah. the, one of the problems is, you know, how do we quantify every little <laughs> bit? We're such a complex yeah. human being. Right. And, you know, for, for something like the bloom where you just, you know, you go in depressed and then, you know, you come out and you kind of feel uplifted. Right. Totally. That's an experience, but you know, no one has ever like measured the specific neurotransmitter increase. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> we're, that, that's coming, everybody. We're, we're we're getting we're getting closer to being able to do those studies. But you know, <laughs> you know, I I was thinking the other day, you know, because I I have a son in medical school right now, and um, 
you know, he's he's 23. And we were talking on the phone and there were so many similarities, uh, you know, to what he's experiencing, to what I experienced. And, you know, I mean, every everybody going through professional school, it, it's stressful. And then you throw some other, you know, life things in there. If your hormones are off, you're micronutrient deficient. And I was thinking, you know, I was talking to, to my son. I said, get in the blue room. Get your butt in the blue room. You know, and, and of course, you know, he's like, yes, dad, I know. And I'm like, no, kiddo. I wish that I would have had the blue room when I was going through all of the stress. So for me now, I, I know this is true. I, I can't quantify it on paper. But I know when I'm going through stress and I'm, I can, you know, my cortisol is just pumping through my body. I'm not sleeping well. One visit for me in the blue room changes it. It, it, it is a, it's miraculous. So everybody out there, you know, Dr. Ann and I did a great little talk also about the Blue Room. I really think it fits into the anti-aging rejuvenation side of medicine. I think it's, it's complementary, complementary to so many different facets of medicine. But, you know, I was thinking about the endorphin release and endorphins do have an impact on our hormones, don't they, Dr. Anna? Yes, absolutely. And, you know, the study has already been done how UVB increases your endorphins. Uh, yeah. And uh, so we don't have to repeat that. Right. Uh, and uh, uh, that's already been shown. And I think that the, the effects are huge, obviously, in terms of brain chemistry, etc. So uh, I think that's definitely, you know, a, a, a thing that's already been noted in terms of the effects of UVB light. Right. So everyone out there, get in the blue room. <laughs> Anyways, so I, I wanted to segue to, to something else, and that's um, endocrine disruptors that are in our everyday life. Um, mm -hmm. And So if everybody, you're not familiar with what endocrine means, that's basically your, your hormones in your body. Um, we call endocrinology the, the study, the use of hormones and how it works in the body. Um, how many disruptors do you think we come in contact with a daily basis? Because I think there are hundreds. Anything from plastics to food, chemicals, to to even some of the air pollution that we're breathing, to um, even some things that we're getting off our electronic devices. But, but Dr. Anna, what, what do you think? Uh, I agree with you. I think that there might be in the tens of thousands. Yes, and, <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah. I think that if we're looking at this endocrine disruptors, we look at the drinking water, the fact that, you know, women who are on birth control, they, they, you know, they pee in the toilet and that gets into the water supply and we have all kinds of pharmaceuticals that cannot be filtered out of your drinking water, right. including hormones, including, you know, Zoloft, Prozac, uh, anything that you can think of. Uh, uh, you know, people get in their city water supply. Mm -hmm. uh, so um, then, you know, plastics, absolutely. How many people drink out of plastic bottles? Right. Um, it's, it's huge, you know, your, your chemicals in your shampoos and your uh, body, you know, products. Uh, it's, it's, it's overwhelming because it's almost like, well, if I want to live clean, I sort of, you know, I have to climb Mount Everest or right. something. <laughs> right. <laughs> it feels that way sometimes, though. You know, I mean, you know, even, even the off-gassing of formaldehyde from the clothing we buy or the furniture we buy, you know, they, they can be endocrine disruptors. And, um, you know, I, I don't think that we as physicians, uh, enough of us are out there talking about it. 
But I think you said it really well in one of our podcasts. There aren't enough physicians that really know about this. And, you know, I, I digress to say a lot of, you know, the, the general public thinks that think that we learn everything in medical school or, or our professional school training. And uh, unfortunately, that's just not true. And I, I think that this is a study or this is an area of, of medicine that just is lacking some studies on, on how we can combat this on a daily basis. But what I always recommend to people is you get a really good water filter, you do your best, you put water filters on your showers, especially. And, and, and if you can get a filtration system for your house, that's great. But like Dr. Anna said, not all of us can live on Mount Everest. So you're, you know, you're just going to have to understand that you're going to come in contact with these. But your basic nutrients are there to help you detoxify from a lot of these things. Dr. Anna, you want to talk about some detoxification from some of these uh, materials that are out there that are disrupting us? So uh, from a cellular perspective, um, we have a system in our cells that uh, they utilize glutathione. You guys might have heard about that. And, and that's very important in the detoxification uh, system. We have different things like uh, N-acetylcysteine that can be helpful. These are available as supplements. If you take glutathione, always take liposomal or get it... Uh, um, uh, intravenously uh, because uh, other forms of glutathione you can it gets destroyed and uh, is not really bioavailable the mm. so is great your regular vitamin C is yes. uh, is able to detoxify you you know eat the cleanest food that you can uh, there's many other components that can aid uh, uh, in the from you know charcoal to uh, uh, and, you know, compounds, uh, alkalinizing your body, making sure that you're, you're not too acidic. Uh, all of those things are, are possibilities of helping yourself. Right. And, and how often do you think people are waking up in the morning and putting together a plan of supplementation, dietary resources to where they're combating this? I, I, don't, I don't see it very often. What about you? Obviously, you know, people come to me for that, but I right. think, you know, sort of discouraged because if there's already a problem, you know, it's a lot of things that are missing. Yeah, there are a lot, yeah. I think that what, what, what we're seeing now is that so many people are just, uh, they don't know what's wrong with them. And we have younger and younger people, and they may have, for example, mold illness. They may have mm -hmm. undiagnosed Lyme. They may have, you know, uh, environmental sensitivities, and most regular doctors don't know how to diagnose that, and right. uh, they'll just kind of say, well, your regular lab test is fine, but, but you know, you're still tired, and you still can't think straight, uh, you still have brain fog, uh, you're still depressed, but we can't really find anything wrong with you, so I think that... A lot of people are really desperate to find a solution uh, and validate, to, to get their symptoms validated and know, you know, they know that something isn't right. I, I agree with you. And everyone out there, I, I want you to understand how important that last sentence that Dr. Anna said. When you know something's not right, but yet you're getting lab work back, get another opinion. Go go out there and keep fighting until you find someone that can help correlate some things with you. 
And that's your responsibility. You know, I, I always tell my patients that if you're not happy with one physician, then it's okay to go on to another one or to start reading on your own, doing research on your own. You own your body. And there isn't going to be anyone else out there that's going to be able to tell you what's going on with your body better than you. Now, you can find a great help in a physician, a great help in somebody that can kind of put some things together for you. But it's really ultimately comes down to your responsibility. And it's something that I know we don't get taught as children, unless you have some very gifted parents uh, out there. But it should be. <laughs> and, and, you know, I, I digress to say that we should start teaching systemic anatomy in grade school. We should start teaching nutrition, uh, how to take care of your body. I mean, you know, we, I think I've said this before in some of our podcasts. When you buy a car, you get a manual. You get a manual on how everything works in a basic sense. And we don't even do that for our kids. And then we have adults that grow up making the same decisions. And, you know, ultimately that leads to, to probably the poor health. And, and we like to blame genetics a lot for things. But then you start seeing that even in families where there are some correlations genetically, and I believe there are, but you see them eat the same, they exercise the same, or they don't exercise. And their stress levels are, are kind of all the same and they, and they have the same kind of attitudes. But the last thing I want to talk about is attitude. And, you know, you and I both know how important attitude is in life. But how important do you see a change in attitude to somebody overcoming a health crisis, Dr. Anna? Uh, they have to want it. You see, you have to be inspired to, for example, change your diet, to, to lose that weight, to... Um, you know, to have an outlook in life, a reason to get up in the morning and be joyful. And even if you just start small, to just be grateful that you're alive and you're then putting one foot in front of the other. Right. Healing is a journey and it there is no magic pill developed yet. It ain't gonna happen overnight. So, yeah. you know, you might as well enjoy your journey and keep working at it. <laughs> I agree, I agree. You know, it is a gift to be alive. It is a gift to have this experience. It's it's a gift to be able to share things with people. I think it's a gift I get to do these podcasts with you. And, and you know, there's so many people that are, are, I know, listening to these and getting some great insights. And everyone, get a hold of Dr. Anna. Get a hold of me if you have some questions. You know, we're going to be doing these podcasts continually. We're going to be keeping topics fresh and, and that are poignant and current. But we love to hear from you. From you. And we'd love to have some questions. So everyone out there, please, we're going to be doing these weekly. We're so happy you're tuning in. Dr. Anna, do you want to say anything as we sign off? Uh, blessings to everyone and enjoy your life. And may you be healthier. And thank you so much, Dr. Matt, for everything that you're doing. Thank you, Dr. Anna, for you as well. We're fighting the good fight, everybody. We love you. And we'll talk to you next week. Thank you. <laughs>